0: Open up your Bibles to John chapter 2. John chapter 2, I'll meet you there in just one moment. It's uh, good to see everybody here tonight. I know I say that just every time, but it's good to see you. It really is. I don't say that flippantly. I say it because I mean it. So I appreciate the brethren here. I'm I'm so thankful that uh, everyone here has been so kind to me and my family. and It's just uh, just a blessing to be with the congregation here. I'm, I'm thankful for that. You got some... Uh, good elders here, and and uh, uh, and I'm appreciative of them too. So I'm I'm just really thankful to be able to uh, to preach uh, for the brethren here. And uh, I'll say I'll add to that that I'm I'm humbled to be able to preach. I'm, I'm thankful for it. Uh, one thing that uh, you'll probably uh, get to know to some degree is that you know, I, I like movies. I like movies. One thing I don't like about movies is I don't like filth in movies. I like to watch a good, clean movie. Now, how often does that happen? Well, you know, actually for me that happens quite a bit because I have a thing called VidAngel, and I get to, to edit out all the movies I, can, I want to watch. So I can watch a, a movie that, that might have a, a severe amount of cursing in it, and I won't hear a word. And I, I, it's just, I, I like it. You know, I like it. I can watch my action movies, and I can see stuff blowing up and, and, and get my kicks that way, you know, watch my car chases, and I don't have to worry about the filth. And, and so I, I'm thankful for that. Uh, I say that to preface uh, this. You know, the, the sermon tonight is uh, based off of a thought inside of a movie. Maybe, maybe it is that you've seen it. It's fairly popular. I saw it when I was really a kid. And I can't remember if uh, there was anything in this movie. I'm sure uh, maybe there was. But um, uh, the, the movie was The Sixth Sense. Really, really uh, just a monumental movie at the time. I think everybody just about knew it. And actually, in order to understand the sermon, you don't have to know a whole lot. If you just remember the preview, you, you've got it. But the idea was simple. There was a child, and the child... Uh, had this ability uh, to see people who were dead. And there are three lines from that movie that I believe have uh, some significance to the Christian. And they come in succession of each other. And I'm I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time setting it up. I'll just go right into it. The first one is this. The most famous line from that movie. He says, I see dead people. I see dead people. In Ephesians chapter 2, we see that the Gentiles were dead in their sins and trespasses. Now, when you think about it, there are only two types of people out there. There are those who are saved, and there are those who are lost. There's only two there, right? Saved and lost. We fall into that category. Now, when we see people, we need to see souls. We, in essence, need to be able able to see dead people. When we look through human eyes and we're not thinking about spiritual things, we'll see the exterior of a person. We'll see their gender. We'll think about their age. We'll think about skin color. But, you know, this is not what the Lord wants. Matter of fact, when talking about spiritual things, uh, the the scribes and the Pharisees and a lot of people, most people actually misunderstood Christ's teachings when it came to spiritual things. Because they were only looking through physical eyes. They were only looking at what was skin deep. And so because of looking through physical eyes, we see a lot of different things happening. You think about uh, in John chapter 2, Jesus drives the men out of the temple and it says in verse 17 that the zeal of God, having eaten him up, And at that time they asked for a sign. They they asked for a sign, and and he said, Here's the sign. I will destroy this temple, and in three days I will build it back up. Now, of course, verse 21 says that he was speaking of the temple of his body. But they did not understand this. They could not understand it. They were looking through physical eyes. In John chapter three, it continues with Nicodemus. Of course, you know what what happens there. You have uh, Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night, and he and he comes to talk to him. And and Jesus, of course, uh, I I love this idea. You know, he he calls him teacher. Nicodemus calls him teacher, and of course, uh, in my mind, I think about Jesus saying, "Well, you know, you want to be taught here. I'll teach you something. Well, let me teach you something. You know what? If you want to enter," into the kingdom of heaven, guess what you have to do? You have to be born again. Well, how am I going to be born again when I'm old? Am I going to climb back into my mother's womb? No, you have to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Oh, he couldn't understand this at the time. And and of course, it wasn't until later that that we could even understand this. In John chapter 4, the... Uh, Jesus is tired and he is hungry and he is at the well and and so uh, the the disciples are going out to bring food to uh, get food for him and they come back and and they say Master eat and he says I have meat that you know not of and then they start to grumble amongst themselves well did someone bring them food they didn't understand. They were thinking about physical things. They couldn't think about the spiritual. He says, My meat is to do the will of the Father and to finish His work. In John chapter 6, Jesus explains that He is the manna, the bread of heaven. At this time, again, they've asked for a sign. They want a sign. They want to know that Jesus is the Son of God. And he explains, you know, they they explain, hey, our fathers, they had a sign. They did eat manna in the wilderness. Verse 31, Jesus explains that, you know what? Moses didn't give the manna. It was from God. It was from heaven. It wasn't from man. Verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. And verse 48, he says, again, I am the bread of life. And then he skipped down to verse 51, and he says, I am the living bread. Jesus was talking about himself, saying, you know, I am the man from heaven. I, this, is, this is my type. And he then goes on to say, you know what? You need to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And, and so then, of course, again, they said, well, how can he how can do this? How, how can we eat of His flesh and drink of His blood? Why, why, would he, why would He do this? Why would He say this? Verse 63, He says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto uh, to you, they are Spirit and they are life. Brethren, when we are out in the world... And we're among people who are not Christians. We don't need to look at the exterior. We don't need to look at their gender or their age or their skin color. We don't need to look at those things. What we need to be able to see are dead people. So in the movie, the young man says, I see dead people. And then the next thing he says is very important. He says, they don't know that they're dead. You think back to all the examples given. The woman at the well, did she know that she was dead? She had, uh, she had met Jesus at the well, and he asked for water. And she said, I, you know, I, I, that she had nothing to draw with. And, and so he had nothing to draw with. And he asked the woman for water. And she, she says, you know what? Or he says, if thou knewest... Who asked for you of water. You know, that that she would ask him for living water. The Pharisees also, they didn't know that they were dead. They uh, didn't understand that Jesus, that he didn't come for the righteous, but he came for sinners. He wanted sinners to repent. They didn't know that they were dead. Think about the Sadducees. They should have been sad because they did not believe in the resurrection. They did not know that they were dead. It's been my experience in talking with people in the religious world that that they don't know that they're dead. How many times have you heard someone say, you know what, uh, you, can, you can do your thing and I'll do my thing. You know, uh, you can believe whatever you want to believe, I'll believe whatever I, I want to believe. And we're all going to heaven, we're just going different ways. Those are statements from dead people. We need to realize that people are dead. And we need to realize and be sensitive to the fact that they don't know that they're dead. So he says, I see dead people. They don't know that they're dead. And last but not least, he said, somebody should tell them. In Genesis chapter 6, we see that the world was full of filth, full of chaos. And yet, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And this is said by Peter. You think about Moses and how he delivered the children of Israel. You think about Isaiah and how he said, you know, here am I, send me. All these people, all these people were going out And they were telling others. Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Brethren, the sad fact of the matter is we need to be able to see dead people. We need to understand that they don't know that they're dead. And furthermore, we need to tell them. If not us, then who? Uh, Share a story with you, a personal story here. One time I was preaching at a congregation and and somebody uh, that, that was upset with various things. They said, you know what? You only preach for yourself, you know. Saying, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just an arrogant person, you know. Just preaching those things and telling everybody what to do and whatnot, you know. And brethren, they they were upset. They were just plain upset. They didn't want to hear the things that were being preached. They had things in their life that were going on that they knew were wrong. Brethren, I'll tell you right now, they were dead. I'll tell you what, uh, we need to pray for people like that. We need to pray that, that brethren will wake up and that they'll go and they'll teach. Because it is our responsibility. We need to appreciate the fact that people are dead. We need to appreciate the fact that they don't know that they're dead. And we absolutely must tell them. You know, if if there's someone here who has not yet obeyed the gospel, then frankly... You're dead but there is a way to be alive and that is through obedience to the gospel and there are some very simple steps to to take in order to become a Christian to be saved to become alive to walk in newness of life as we see in Romans chapter 6 the first thing is what we're doing right now and that's hearing the Word of God studying the Word of God and then it's believing, uh, believing in the word, but also believing in Jesus Christ. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So hear and then believe, and then a person must repent of their sins. Uh, it, they must repent. Luke thirteen three says, "I tell you nay, but unless you repent." You shall all likewise perish. And now, if you're not familiar with that word, repentance uh, simply is a change of mind. And that change of mind results in a change of action. So we hear and believe and repent, and then we must confess. And we do this every day of our lives Matthew uh, 10, 32, and 33. So we hear and believe, and we repent, and we confess, and then we must be baptized into Christ. 1 Peter 3, 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. And last but not least, we need to live faithfully. Because brethren, whether we like it or not, if we do not live faithfully, we can also become dead. And so we must live faithful unto death. Revelation 2 and verse 10. Be thou faithful unto death, and thou shalt receive the crown of life. If there is anybody here that is dead tonight, if there is anybody here that is in need of repentance, or if there is anybody here that just needs prayers, whatever the case is, if you'd like to make things right, we'd love for you to. Just come as we stand and as we sing.
1: Savior's sight Are you washed In the blood of the Lamb Do you rest Each moment in the Crucified Are you washed In the blood of the Lamb Are you washed In the blood In the soul Cleansing blood Spotless are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white? Pure and white in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansions bright? Beside the garments that are stained with sin And be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb Are you washed in the blood, in the soul? cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? If you would be seated. If you would turn your song books over to number 12. Number 12, we'll use this song in preparation of the Lord's Supper. Let's sing, uh, sing first, second, and third stanzas, and then we'll have the Lord's Supper. First, second, and third. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die, would he devote that sacred head for such a worm? I At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it Crimes that I have done, he groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden. There by faith I receive my sight And now I am happy all the day Thus might I hide My blushing face While His dear cross appears Dissolve my heart In thanks To tears At the cross At the cross Where I first saw the light And the burden of my heart Rolled away It was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day table has been left prepared for those that did not have that opportunity this morning and after the prayer if you'll raise your hand you'll be served jack would you lead a prayer for bread almighty god our father in heaven we come before you again father on this day we thank you for all the blessings you provide for us we thank you most of all father for the gift of thy son and as we partake of this bread Help us to remember that this was the body that was shed for our sins. This we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Would you lead our prayer for the fruit of the vine? Please pray with me. My Father in heaven, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for the many gifts and blessings you've given to us. Lord, thank you most of all for the plan of salvation offered to us through your Son. Please be with us as we uh, take this emblem, the cup, which represents the fruit of the vine, which represents the blood that he shed on the cross for us, for our salvation. Please help us to take this and, and do all things in a manner pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. also a commandment and a privilege to lay by and store so if anyone has that need they can do that after services if you would pick up your song books for a closing song turn to number 611 number 611 we'll sing the second and last stanza and then we'll be dismissed with prayer number 611 Stanzas 2 and 4. And if you would be standing for the song and for the prayer. Take the name of Jesus ever As a shield from every snare If temptations round you gather Breathe that holy name in prayer Precious name Oh, how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, oh, how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven. At the name of Jesus bowing, falling prostrate at his feet. King of kings in heaven Will crown him When our journey is complete Precious Precious name Oh how sweet Hope of earth And joy of heaven Precious name Oh how sweet Hope of earth joy of heaven we'll now be led in closing prayer bow with me dear God father in heaven we're so thankful that you allowed us to assemble here again this day to worship especially to be with those that would not able to be here with us this morning and our visitors which we're thankful for we pray that our worship has been in a way that they'll want to attend every opportunity they have. We're thankful for the two lessons we've heard today. We pray that we'll always let Thy Word guide us in our lives. Mostly, Father, we're thankful for the gift of Thy Son and the spiritual blessings we have through Him. In Christ's name, Amen.